Welcome to the Oakcrest podcast channel. Oakcrest School in Vienna, Virginia challenges girls in grades 6 to 12 to develop character, faith, and leadership potential to thrive in college and throughout their lives. On today's podcast, Mary Ann Messenger and Laura O'Neill, Oakcrest class of 1996, discuss adolescence and social media, diving into understanding how the brain works with and against social media, and exploring how to limit time spent scrolling this summer. Welcome to our podcast. This is Marianne Messenger, and we are here at Oakcrest Campus talking with Laura O'Neill today about adolescence and social media. Now that summer's here, kids have more time on their hands, and we want to look at ways to do without social media, especially in a culture that's saturated with it. Laura's a class of 1996 graduate of Oakcrest School. She holds a Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling from Divine Mercy University and works as a psychotherapist at the Alpha Omega Clinic in Fairfax, Virginia. Mrs. O'Neill earned a Bachelor of Science in Nursing from Villanova University and was commissioned as a second lieutenant into the United States Army after having an ROTC scholarship at the university. She worked as an Army nurse in the medical and pediatric ICU at Walter Reed Army Medical Center for the first five years of her nursing career, and then at various other hospitals in Northern Virginia. With her clients, she continues to draw on her experience as a nurse and is passionate about helping individuals develop an awareness of how the body, mind, and soul are integrated, noting patterns of emotional wellness intersecting with physical and spiritual wellness. Laura lives with her husband, Mark, an Army officer in Northern Virginia. So welcome, Laura. Thank you so much, Marianne. Laura, you have such an impressive background, and I know you're working with teenagers and adults hearing firsthand the connection between screen time and some mental health struggles. So. That being said, what do you think is happening with social media now? What are you seeing pop up as a trend? Okay, awesome. This is so good to be talking about this now um, at the beginning of the summer season. Because, yeah, I, I hear a lot uh, from clients, but from family members as well, people I know, friends, t- friends who share with me about their kids, what's happening um, with technology in the hands of young people. So... I think it's very helpful to have an understanding a little bit about the brain. And I think we know more about the brain now than we've ever known. Um, And it's becoming uh, conversational to to understand what what dopamine is and how it's a neurotransmitter that it's not just about pleasure, it's about the drive to seek pleasure. Dopamine does other things. It's involved in movement and memory, but really to understand that this is – the origin of addictions. When, when people are seeking, seeking, seeking all the time, um, seeking pleasure, trying to avoid negative experiences, and it's absolutely related to screen time because it's an intermittent pleasure reward system. Some people may have seen that Netflix uh, documentary. Now it's escaping me the name of it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, about it's, a, it's a social dilemma. Thank you. Thank you. The social dilemma about <coughs> how we... Um, the consumers of social media, or we're the product, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I, and I think that, that that documentary does a really nice treatment of what's happening in the brain and why it's important to 
help young people while their brains are still forming. We know that they're not fully formed with all their executive functioning skills until they're at least 25, um, but help young people develop the sense that I need to fast from technology. Mm -hmm. I need to develop tolerance for being bored. And that's, that's critical because not having access to dopamine rich activities, make activities that are less dopamine, you know, um, less likely to release dopamine, makes them more pleasurable. So just from the jump, understanding what's happening on a biological level, I think is really key. It's not always cooperation. It's not always like, why is my disobedient kid sneaking their device into their room or into whatever? But it's understanding that um, it's very difficult to conquer the urge once the urge is really, really habituated. So that being said, because when it comes to addiction, easy access matters mm -hmm. across sure. the board, any addiction, mm -hmm. substances, but also processes like um, <clears throat> uh, uh, gaming, video games, or, or um, pornography. So <clears throat> I suppose it's, it's helpful to say that one of the trends is to understand really what's happening in the brain. So maybe if that helps externalize the, the fight that that co is caused, I think, in households. I was talking to my sister who, um, she's got uh, five little ones and a sixth one on the way, and she said, this is the fight of all time. It's the fight of all time. Sure. Um, her kids are little, they don't have phones, but there are iPads in the house. And, um, you know, the 2% the of video game addicts are five years old. That for mm -hmm. a statistic. How did they measure that? I don't know. but. Two percent. So in, in yeah. uh, 100 kids, 100 mm -hmm. five-year-olds, 2% of them are addicted to video games already. Mm -hmm. um, For sure. One of the things I really hear a lot when it comes to adolescence is their access to other people's thinking on the human person. Right off the bat, teenagers explaining to me what their life is about through the lens of a TikTok influencer who perhaps is someone who suffered tremendously, maybe has complex trauma, but they explain their symptoms in such a relatable way that I find that teenagers will relate and they'll, they'll come into a counseling session and explain that they, that they believe they have a disorder um, that I don't think that they clinically meet the criteria for, but the, their deep empathy for this other suffering person on the internet provokes a sense of maybe I have that too. Mm -hmm. Sure. And isn't that natural and human to want to connect and feel like, oh, you too, you're suffering, I'm suffering. So a trend um, to be aware of is, uh, I would say, mental health TikTok. Mm -hmm. Some of it can be useful. Sometimes there'll be a clinical psychologist on there explaining the criteria for, for, for ADHD or, some, or study tips if, you, if you're someone who has um, distraction as, as an issue in your life. But there's a lot of first-person accounts that are very, very convicting, very moving, and I find that that's um, influencing kids to feel that they've got some sort of disorder. And what happens is, when a kid has, um, you know, attracted to understanding what's going on with me and their source of information is another kid, it lends to widening the gap between their parents being able to really influence them. Mm -hmm. And and you know that 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 can be very difficult to recover from. Um, Another trend uh, in the same vein, I would say, would be like YouTube being the encyclopedia of all time. YouTube is just a hair's breadth away from Wikipedia. 
anybody can upload anything and really seem like an expert, right? Sure, um, but sure. If, yeah. they, go, they can go to it for, you know, I'll go to it. How do you, you know, fix a nail? And yeah. You know, how do you pull a nail quickly out of the wall? Yes. Or, you know, hole or something small. That's and right. And you can go to YouTube for anything yes. today. Yeah. And so I'm sure it's it's even more prevalent in that age range. Yeah, it is. And you know what? It, it, see, I love that you're pointing that out because there's such a beautiful use for YouTube, same story. If my vacuum cleaner gets clogged, I'm like, how do you unclog a, you know, Dyson, whatever. Yeah. And there's always some helpful soul who's made a really quick tutorial on how to like unclog something or, or do some task in the house. Um, when, when teenagers have none of those responsibilities that we have, mm -hmm. and they're trying to figure out what am I good at and who do I belong to, two really big questions that drive what they think about, what am I good at and who do I belong to? Maybe they won't necessarily type those questions in specifically to YouTube, but they come across other young people really trying to answer that question in um, a less than helpful way oftentimes. Again, I have a ton of compassion for people who are trying to understand themselves and they make um, some sort of art out of it. You okay. know, um, on okay. some level, they're gonna be usually very, you know, fairly attractive, um, funny, engaging content, but it doesn't mean that it's necessarily true, right? Right, yeah. right, sure. Yeah. It could be there. Could definitely be a distortion there. Oh yeah, and and that's it, so attractive to you know a, the adolescent. Yeah, there's okay. there's one other thing I want to add, if it's okay, in terms Absolutely. of um, trends that pop up again and again and again, and uh, group chats. So TikTok, YouTube, Snapchat messages disappearing. Those are all things happening. But what I've noticed is um, when, when young people have uh, phones or even when their parents say, yeah, it's time for you to be able to have your own Gmail or something like that, um, all of these kinds of services, of course, provide ways for people to have um, instant messaging, real-time stuff. And what I've found is the younger the, the individual included on group chats, the higher the likely um, for friendship fallouts, tons of impulsivity, um, a lot of um, what we would consider kind of hateful dialogue online. It oh, might, yeah. right? might not be four letter words, but it's a lot of who are we gonna leave out of this situation tomorrow? Yeah, um, it's, de it's deliberate, it's in it can be intentional yes. and so harmful to self-esteem yes. when they see that and it's not as confrontation confrontational because yeah. it's, in a, it's in a group chat, yep. but it's there, they see it. That's right. That's right, and um, I would like to dispel one of the biggest lies that young people propagate to their parents today, and that is, I need to be on the group chat so I can find out what the homework is. Because oh yes, that's I'd like to go on the record. True point is that being an absolute lie. <laughs> that is not where the homework is, is is announced. It's certainly not where the homework is explored and engaged in. It is never going to be where the homework um, point person is. That is a lie. That yeah. is a lie. That is a lie. You can you can just take that one to the bank. Um, it feels real when you're sharing it. It feels very convincing. But that is never going to be a reason to let a kid have um, you know a phone to be on a group chat. Okay, that's really that's really helpful to know because you hear that oh, yeah. a lot. I mean, <laughs> it is such a go-to phrase. Right. It's such a go-to phrase. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and I, I always, you know, kind of chuckled when I, I think about that concept. Um, okay, so, so that being said, considering how much time is spent on social media, eliminating, eliminating that component, it proves there's enough time for other things. And I think people need help with that. Mm -hmm. You know, to your point earlier, you said it, it's basically, it's okay to be bored. Yeah. Um, so I think people need help with that, especially now when screens are at every turn, they're in every hand. How, you know, how do you keep young people entertained? You know, what else might they be doing? Uh, do they need to be productive? Do they need to relax? You know, what are your suggestions? What are your what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, even even just the words keeping young people entertained. I mean, I wonder if that provokes certain parts in people hearing that. Like, do we need to keep them entertained? Um, it kind of feels that way. Uh, one thing I hear again and again from parents, especially of, of little ones, is they don't know how to play by themselves. Um, and and I really get that because there's a lot of stimulation. Let's not forget the massive amounts of time people have been spending together in their homes over the last couple of years with COVID and different levels of quarantine. <clears throat> so the ability to be bored and entertain oneself. Um, I think depending on who's hearing this and you think about your family circumstances, if you have a 17 year old, yeah, work. Maybe work is a good way to fill up a lot of time in, in a summer schedule. Um, does every waking moment need to be productive? I'm gonna come out swinging with a, a profound no. I mm -hmm. think that, that kids do need to actually lay around a little bit. They sure. need to be productive, but have that, you know, also just quiet, relaxed time to think about things, um, <clears throat> contemplative time. You know, I don't, I don't mind actually running down some suggestions of how to use time in the summer because we forget. Sometimes we forget what works, right? Yeah. Sometimes we open up a refrigerator and we're like, what do I eat for dinner? Right? We, we just have to kind of remind ourselves of the old standbys. Um, yeah, it's such a, it's such, it's such a difference in terms of, you, you think about when, more so when I was growing up, which was a lot earlier than you were growing <laughs> up, but you think about how you spent your time. And, and yes, there's that element of wanting to be productive and working as you get, you know, as you get into your later teens. But um, it, is it is there that balance you know that need to yes relax be bored be productive you know, yeah how is that how does that kind of manifest itself yeah yeah absolutely so so I guess I'd like to encourage anyone listening to this now and I don't know perhaps you're not going to listen to this at the beginning of a summertime maybe you'll listen to this this is going to go into perpetuity so maybe you'll be picking this up at a different change of season but but taking this as maybe a call to action let's do something different um, <clears throat> with technology in particular for the summer. T having your kids take a break for periods of time to prove that they can take a break, mm -hmm. it's sure. not, you will not develop a drug addict in your presence by just referring to the idea that you could be addicted to technology. Mm -hmm. I, sometimes parents are cautious to use certain words. They feel um, pretty heavy. They feel severe. They feel uh, too old for their, for their 13 year old or their 15 year old. But I'm saying lowercase a, let's, let's prove that we don't have a, a tech addiction, right? <clears throat> so, um, because it's a real possibility. It's a real possibility to develop that. So why not say in this summer, we're gonna do things a little differently. You can start 
on any morning, any given morning. You can start you can start a diet in the middle of a bag of potato chips. Whenever you decide, whenever you decide to do something differently, you can. But I would encourage families to kind of get the group involved in this because people support that which they help to create. So if young people can feel like they're in on this with their families and mom and dad don't just say, turn in all the technological devices and you're all going to the museums every day. I mean, that, that could be amazing for some people. It could be, <laughs> it could be not amazing for others. So, so getting the buy-in, right? Sure. Okay. Sure. So, you know, one of the things is just talking about we'd like to do something differently. But it doesn't have to be a dramatic approach. So you're saying a more of a gradual approach yes. in the sense that, um, I don't know, I think I just think about it in terms of, of my own family. A lot of times during the summer, we have more time to just sit around the dinner table after dinner. Yeah. And we just will jaw, we'll just talk yeah. about you know, different things. And and that and all of a sudden you can look up and it's a lot of time has passed. And That's we don't right. always have that time during the yeah. school year. So that's, you know, would you, would you consider those types of things um, to be more gradual? Yes. Or do you have another example? No, I, Marianne, I think that's just what I was talking about, capitalizing on the idea that they, you know, homework time and quickly take a shower and get, get in bed because wake up is, is early the next day. That is time to capitalize on. Um, so, so thinking about, all right, maybe I can make a little strategy. Is there that time during dinner where we have that extra time to sit and, and just be together as a family? What could be a symbol that this is going to be something different? I think a trip to Michael's is involved in this and go buy yourself a box or, or like a basket, but they sell those boxes that look like you could paint them or write on the side, like little, like they look like milk crate boxes or something. Yeah, yep, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. I think sure. those are really good for putting all the devices in. Okay. Um, I think those, frankly, because just logistically, you can slip the wires right through and make it a charging station. Mm. We're talking about a five to ten dollar investment to have a box, and on the word on the on the side, rather than write, you know, no phones, you write the word rest, you write the word recharge, you okay. write the word talk, you write the word smile, um, <clears throat> and that become a movable box. It could be by the front door when people come over. It could be in the kitchen because you put them in once it's dinner time and we're off devices from dinner time on or, or whatever. But having some sort of routine, some ritual where everybody's on board with it. Unless you're carrying the nuclear briefcase for the White House, I think everyone should be on board with it. I know that was a little, that was a little judgy of maybe me to say because I know there are parents here that actually are transplant surgeons. But I think to go out of your way to really role model. Right, right. Taking a break, fasting from technology, just hour by hour. Yeah, and and it's so true, especially during something like the, the dinner hour or mm -hmm. the dinner half hour. Yes. I mean, myself included, yeah, that, that phone is going in there. Yep. And, you know, I we can, uh, to your point, unless, you know, you're a transplant surgeon, right. and that could very well be out there. Yeah. You could be holding the nuclear codes. But I think it's very achievable. It's very possible to, to put in that box or put it somewhere. And it's so liberating. It it's is. It's so liberating. Yeah. I, you know, I even think, this happened to me the other day, I, I left my phone at home when I went to the store. Yeah. And I, 
I was so happy just driving. I'm like, you know, yeah. you think I'm not turning around. And yep. it, it, there's this liberating aspect yeah. of it. Yeah, that's great. I like it. I mean, I hear the smile in your voice just describing what that felt like to have that that freeness that I, I don't I don't need this. Sure. How sure. about nobody can bug me? That's a nice <laughs> feeling. <laughs> um, I can be I can be with my thoughts. I can be with myself. Yeah. Oh, what an amazing, amazing foundational part of resilience to know I can be with myself. It's very true. Do you, are there other suggestions you have that would appeal? I mean, this is all so valuable. Mm -hmm. um, suggestions that would really appeal to, to kids, to adolescents, to yeah. teens, that would, you know, again, help that feeling of combining relaxing and productivity and, you know, yeah. family. Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So absolutely. Um, I have a little list and I, and I'd like to run down them. Um, right out, um, front is that the, the, the family would understand what we're doing here. It, it only was going to provoke anxiety and worry. If you're like, give me the phone and dad and I'll let you know what we're going to do later. Like kids not knowing, um, the plan and really what the intent is will also create distance. Do you owe them a 10-point explanation on why you're parenting the way you are? No, you really don't. But parenting from a place of authority is usually like the lowest level of influence. We want to help them buy in. So um, <clears throat> helping them know, okay, this is the new plan. We're going to have tech-free Saturdays or tech-free Sundays. Um, or I'd like you to earn your time to be scrolling around. If you've got young people in your life who already have phones and they're just reading things on the internet, why don't you run a mile and then you can scroll for an hour? Beautiful. That, yeah, I just that just concept. go ahead and just go be a runner this summer. Um, we will hurt no one by encouraging running habits. Sure. This is all positive, no downside. Um, only looking at phones while standing. If you're going to scroll, we need to stand up. Look <laughs> around at the, the standing desks. It's improving health outcomes. Um, if you have a young person who has a phone already, I highly encourage it to be, if it's, if it's an iPhone, because that was the cheapest thing for your plan, um, I encourage having the level, like um, filters, and um, filters that are really, really strong, because most young people won't even be out of middle school before they have IT skills that could run circles around, I'll just say, Maybe you and I, Marianne, yes. <laughs> not Roger, but um, <laughs> for sure. So, so the thing is, is that I just became aware, and, and I don't know that it's, it's, it's been since, I think, 2019, but a, a software product called Canopy.us. I don't know if you've heard of it, but apparently what it does is it allows people to use all the positives of the Internet and filters out all the negatives, particularly pornography, um, in real time. So unlike Covenant Eyes, which might give you like an alert later or something like that, no hate on Covenant Eyes. I think it's been helpful for a lot of families and couples. Um, but Canopy allows kids in real time to have content that's blocked. So if, even if they go to a website, like like maybe they're even on Twitter and they're you know engaging in some interesting political, maybe interesting political dialogue, but then there could be nudity that goes by. It filters that out immediately in real time, but it doesn't take everything else. Okay. So I'm impressed okay. by that. I think that like that a, like an ad for something, it could right. be pop up. That's just, right. Okay. That's okay, right. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. Wow. I think that's really key because if you're gonna have your kiddo 
um, in sports. And you're gonna go out of your way to help them learn the rules of the game. And you're gonna get them training wheels on a bicycle before they ride by themselves. In a similar way, we must, we must set up screens with training wheels in the beginning. <coughs> because a lot of times kids will be exposed to pornography bef way before they're ever interested in looking for it, which that comes too. That's a different problem and a different podcast. <laughs> but, but the reality is it's just understanding them as humans. They're gonna sometimes look up something that will accidentally show them an image. And gang, the younger someone sees an image that's, that's um, like a sexual image, the more likely it could be very, very traumatic. A right. lot of shame, even for accidental searching. Lots and lots of shame, and that's where um, you know problems really develop later from these shameful things that happen when we're very young. Right, especially if it's unintentional. That's right. And you, you know, they, they they're not aware of it or realize right. it, and it, they come by it. That's right. Know. Yeah. So so filling up. So now we've kind of set the stage. We're going to do something different with tech this summer. Maybe depending on your family, tech-free days or tech-free hours of the day. How do you fill that other time, keeping young people entertained? Well, we just talked about maybe earning some time to scroll, but um, and then also when they are scrolling, having some of those, those filters. But being with people, being with other humans, is going to be the most satisfying thing. It's what we were put on Earth to do, right, is to be, we're, as our Lord created us, relational beings. Um, inviting friends over. Inviting friends over to your house, where you are, where you can be available to overhear things and to kind of supervise, um, really encouraging uh, your, your children to find reasons to invite people over, even kids that they don't know that well, have them be outside, have them do whatever it is, make something, bake something. Um, hospitality comes much more naturally to young people, I'm gonna say something challenging now, when mom and dad role model hospitality. That's fantastic, yeah. so true, Yeah. so S true. So this is a call to action. If, if your kids see you having other families over, other couples over for dinner, um, or even just extended family frequently, then they know this is what we do, we welcome people into our home, and it doesn't, we do not wait for perfection, we welcome people into our houses however they are, because we don't expect perfection, you know? That's that's key. And I think also, uh, it also can help foster friendships and facilitate bonds yes. between, you know, between kids. And I also think that that type of thing, it, would you say it, it helps confidence? Is, th is it an opportunity, you know, when you're with your friends, you're enjoying getting together and you know they it it helps a friendship evolve do you think that that has is helpful to their confidence absolutely absolutely the shared experiences that happen outside of school are such beautiful opportunities to to believe i'm okay like what i'm here to offer what i have what i have to share with you like i'm okay i like myself better so that, that is like a beautiful place to form just natural confidence in who, who you are as a person and, and the family that you're in and, and, the, and the kid and the family that you're engaging with. Um, you know, I think parents can put pressure on themselves with this piece because I, what I hear sometimes is, well, my, my, my child is pretty introverted. I don't know who they would invite. Like we feel this need to kind of manhandle them like pl with play dates if they're 15 or whatever. 
uh, go ahead and manhandle her with the play dates in their 15. Go ahead and buy the Panera gift card, give it to your daughter, and tell her, who could you go spend the Panera gift card with? Mm-hmm. I'll, you know, and just a Panera date and back and that, and that kind of thing. They don't know how to do it until they know how to do it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's interesting you said that. I, uh, one of my kids who's in now in college, uh, he was always reluctant to have kids over. And so sometimes to facilitate a get-together, I would say, oh, so-and-so's mom needs us to, you know, he's going to come over to our house and his mom's going to pick us up because she has some Mm -hmm. errands to run. Yeah. And he was totally fine with that because it was – he saw it as, you know, okay, there's not a chance of of them not wanting to come or something. It was just – facilitated and they had a fabulous time and it developed the friendships and you know and now in college they're still good friends that's right yeah and and right the confidence grows and um then he believes that i you know kids don't necessarily know that i didn't orchestrate all that they just have the memory of the good bond and the laughs with another kid so so then to build off of that when you have kids be together if you've observed that there seems to be some families that have that naturally kind of in the mom and dad's friend group, so it's so much easier, and you're over here, maybe you've just moved to the area or where you, wherever you are, wherever you're listening to this, and you feel like you don't have that natural network, go ahead and help your kid get that first interaction going by buying something that needs to be used, like a gift card to Panera or tickets to, I don't know what, the zoo, something, things sure. that you could just kind of facilitate, and then after that, Help them learn the skill of building a friendship by being like, okay, why don't next next time we you like that book, I like that book. Let's start a little informal book club. There's a reason why we need to be together again. Um, I think that kids really like in-person book clubs. It, it could read whatever you want, you know, c- well, within limits. Right. But it doesn't right. have to be the summer reading list. It could be like the series of books that they want to share and kind of get into and maybe dress as the character and do, do the things that they want to do. Um, helping a young person learn to journal during the summer wow that's probably a lost oh, lost art it's a thank you so <laughs> effective i love that you said that it is a lost art and it is so powerful to help uh, young people understand what they're thinking what they're feeling um i would i would go so far as to say the 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 journaling is so powerful it's it helps somebody not need to actually come into therapy oftentimes. If people can work things out in a journal, that if they don't, it kind of stays stuck. It stays stuck in the system like a little bit of a knot. And then they maybe come in and work it out, and that's great too. But one of the first things I do with any client is really prevail upon them to develop journaling. And then they look right at me, right in my face, and they say, I've never been able to journal. And I say, yes, I know. Yeah, well, you're here, and that's cool. I wasn't able to journal until I was able to journal either. That's, it, that's fascinating. Does that make sense? Yeah, oh, they just, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And have you, have you had a client, um, have you ever had a client start and then kind of tell you their experience with it? Yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I've had people really struggle to get into the habit of it, um, and they'll tell me, oh, wow, I left it here, I left it there, I forgot, I don't have the time or the energy or whatever. But once they begin to just write one or two lines a day, just what happened? People start out journaling the same way. My, my clients will laugh, and we laugh together. Sometimes it starts out with, well, I journaled. I wrote down yesterday that I had Subway for lunch. I'm like, there you go. 
you're, you're off to a good start. All right, <laughs> because now we know what's going on with you and that you're, you're off to a good start. Um, it's okay to sometimes just take like a narrative approach. This is what happened, but then it can grow to a gratitude journal, which is in the literature. We know that that can actually be such an important part of the treatment of depression, just gratitude journaling. Long before the feeling of gratitude shows up, if you just annotate one, two, three things a day that you are objectively, just on a cognitive level, grateful for, my eyesight, the roof over my head, bottled water, and it, it causes an avalanche inside on an emotional response to really realizing I am the recipient of good gifts from a good God. Mm. Yeah, and we never get to the gratitude journal if we don't just start recording that we ate Subway for lunch. Right, right, yeah. and recording that we ate, journaling that we ate Subway for lunch That's right. and not posting it on Instagram. There you we go. Ate Subway for lunch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's, That's right. A better, a better effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, as we're talking about these things, I'm wondering if there's any moms out there listening that are feeling a little overwhelmed with, oh, okay, now I'm going to orchestrate all these play dates. This seems incredibly busy for me. Um, I have lots of children who have lots of different friend groups. Could this be overwhelming? And I think forecasting for the summer, the idea of, no, you are not the camp director for your own child all summer. They can really lead themselves if you help cultivate curiosity. But if you give them a track to run on, you know how everyone, well, not really me, but a lot of people look forward to Shark Week every summer. I think it's in July, but I'm not quite sure. Shark Week's like a total thing. People are super into Shark Week. Um, create those weeks for your kids. Not just Shark Week, but like other themed weeks. If you're a family that's super amped about Italy and you go there and you have Italian heritage, have it be Italy Week at some point. If you're a family that's all about, you know, watching the panda cam and you're into pandas, have it be Panda Week and do all things that week that are that themed, but let your kids think of them. Wow, yeah. that's, that's very insightful and, and kind of a unique idea, but how effective. Yes. Uh, we, uh, we've spent time in the past watching the uh, Tour de France. Yes. And now that's extended a little past a week, but uh -huh. still this really, really thoughtful yeah. Uh, idea. Yeah, just getting into that, getting into that kind of thing. Um, you know, looking at the calendar, like if you were going to go, away for 90 days over the summer. You'd probably look up in the local area some of the festivals, some of the themes, different kinds of things like that. But knowing what we what you have in your own area, I mean, obviously we're in the Washington area and there's a lot of things that happen in the summer, but knowing some of the seasonal things and just kids can fill in the gaps if they have a track to run on. They can get more imaginative. If you're like, this is France week, we're gonna watch Tour de, Tour de France, we're gonna have crepes, um, we're gonna play French music in the house and uh, you're gonna wear a beret. You know, whatever it is, <laughs> you know, it's, and we're going to take a picture. And at the end of the week, we're going to have a picture. So don't not be there for dinner the night that we're wearing berets. Like that, that's so, such, so much memory making, so much bonding, and doesn't have to cost really anything. You could have, we're watching the Jason Bourne movies week, okay? Whatever sure. you want to do. <laughs> like, it sure. doesn't have to be elaborate. It's not vacation Bible school at your house every week, all week. I know that. And as a matter of fact, maybe not every week has to have a theme. S certain weeks can just be regular old weeks, ordinary time, as they say, right? So, but we crave routine. We crave that kind of bonding stuff. So um, if you have birthdays in the summer, it could be somebody's birthday week, like the queen, different things like that. Um, helping kids, helping kids 
know how to spend time in a worthwhile way are habits that they'll take with them for life. Um, and I'll just leave this, because I know we're coming up on time here. As long as they're spending their time and they're coming back home every night and staying at your house, this is going to be a cliffhanger for the next podcast. I am officially anti-sleepover. And my reasons are intense and compelling, and they'll be revealed on the next podcast, truly, because kids like sleepovers in the summer, and I am on team only know how to sleep in your own bed. I love it. I love it. Somebody once said, I, uh, they said, the only thing that doesn't happen at a sleepover is sleep. Yeah. And I think there's just such, there is such a truth to that. Yes. So I love that. So yes, yeah. I will look forward to that yeah. on a, at another podcast. Excellent. That's huge. So just as you said, we're coming up on time. You haven't mentioned books yet. And yeah. I'm wondering if there are book recommendations for parents listening to reinforce and support, you know, some of some of this or any book recommendations for the teenagers, what they might read uh, that could help them develop a healthy perspective, yeah. especially as in the summer. Sure. Okay. So parents, um, I want to recommend a great book called Hold On to Your Kids by Gordon Neufeld and Gabor Mate. It's um, widely available. It, there's an updated version. It's on, it's on um, you can order it anywhere online. Hold On to Your Kids will help you have the confidence to recreate new routines and habits. If some things have already begun, begun to slide, it will help you reclaim your children's remaining adult-oriented rather than peer-oriented. So they get their knowledge and information and, and, and the gospel truth from you rather than their friends. No matter how nice and lovely their friends are, we want all kids to stay adult-oriented. Isn't that right? So hold on to your kids as a number one for parents. I'd say for teenagers, I'm going to go ahead with the very classic and very solid recommendation of having every teenager read Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Some Fabulous of, Some of them may Fabulous. Yeah, read it for school. It, go ahead and take another lap. It's a four-and-a-half-hour audible. So having teenagers read that, that's probably in the self-development category one of the only books I would ever have a teenager read because most self-development books are, oh, Laura, let's choose your words wisely. This is going onto the Internet. Not appropriate for teenagers, and there's a lot to sift through that's not um, helpful. So that I would give... Um, I would put it in the hands of any teenager who's mature enough to handle reading about trauma. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and that's also a book that would definitely facilitate journaling about gratitude. Oh, yes. It, because it really, <clears throat> I think, comes to the forefront. Absolutely. Re reading so something like that. And, it, and it's, I, I think it's easy, not easy, but it's, uh, it, it's, um, it's good for them to understand. Yes. And that book helps understand. Yes. You know. Yeah, if you Trump find yourself walking around your house saying, I've given these kids so much, they have so much, um, put that book in their hands or have them listen to it on Audible or and or both. Um, it shifts pers perspective very, very quickly. Other than that, I'm going to um, say Atomic Habits, if you have not read that yet, it's, it's by James Clear. It's excellent about how to create change, make it easy, make it obvious, that kind of stuff um, in the household. Tuned In, The Power of Pressing Pause and Listening by Art Bennett is excellent. The Tech Talk by Michael Horn, also helpful. 
Um, just to supplement what we're talking about, but I don't think probably anybody listening to this is unaware of the dangers of too much screen time and technology and apps. I believe that we're probably, I mean, I know on probably a lot of levels I'm preaching to the choir here, but I want parents to take courage that it's important to make a sober assessment of what's going on with technology in your house, and it starts with, with ourselves as adults. How much are we, do we have a phone on the table right in front of us um, at any given time? Be gentle with yourself, but make a sober assessment. Change is hard. Here's a great quote from W.H. Auden, I love this. A fellow therapist um, and a friend shared this with me. Truth, like love and sleep, resents approaches that are too intense. Wow, I love that quote. That's that's fantastic, and and thinking you know in in line with that, do you have any final thoughts or words of encouragement for for our listeners today? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Make one change. If the change at first is just a sober assessment of what's going on with technology in your house, excellent. Just take one step. When you take one step, you're no longer where you used to be. So now imagine 10 steps. You, Yeah, and that would be, probably be my, my recommendation. Just take one step. That's fantastic. That's really, this is all such helpful information, just helpful insights, and all of your experience, I think, has just been a tremendous, tremendous asset to us today. Laura, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Your, your insights are invaluable helpful to our community and they're just helpful in an effort to raise healthy balanced kids so thank awesome. you again yeah thank you marianne i appreciate it